are you guys doing this morning, man? Yes, we are, I don't know, we're just feeling so full this morning. I mean, in our hearts, right? Are you guys full in your hearts this morning? Hey? Full, overflowing. I'm telling you, this morning I woke up with such an amazing uh, awareness, consciousness of the fullness of God, man. You know, and we should live every day like that, obviously. But uh, I was telling uh, Deeds, because uh, you were supposed to be on this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's still on this morning, but uh, I was telling him, I said, listen, even through worship, I feel that like we should talk about the love of God this morning, you know, and he's like, yeah, let's go for it, you know, let's hoy. Uh, how many of you know that uh, God loves you? Okay. How many of you know what the love of God is? Okay. How many of you know that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life? All right. You guys know that, All right? Uh, how many of you know that God is love? All right. How many know that the love of God dwells in our hearts through faith? Right? You see all this theory that I'm rambling off here? You know, it's so cool. But that being said, theory is fantastic, right? We love theory. Who loves theory? I don't like theory. I like the structure it creates, but I don't like it. Any subject that I did in school that had theory, I was like, oh, 51 is a distinction. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Anyway, but you know, this morning when we were worshiping, I could feel, and trust me, as deep and as you'd agree, as deep and as beautiful as it was. And yo, I don't know if you guys can actually hear how the band is shouting back here over all the speakers. Can you hear that? Okay, Ben, just be careful, eh? We must shout in key. <laughs> I like it, Grant. I don't care. Yeah. It's not my key. I'll still shout. But, um, and even you said it, Deez, while we were worshiping. And you said you could still feel that there's people, you know, not connecting here, you know? And I just had this amazing image uh, uh, while we were worshiping, man. And we were all in a room, and it was this massive table set before us. You know, this massive, massive table set before us. And God is like, just come, man. Come and sit here with me and let's just have a lack of time. You know? And you never believe, majority of the people walked to the table and everyone else just stood back and watched. Now, I don't know if that was you this morning or you online or even you maybe on a different day in the week. Where you're sitting back and watching the table that God said you must come to. Right? Because... You're not sure that you can be at the table, okay? Now listen, typically we've gone down this road where we would, you know, do this massive biblical expose to explain to you why you can come to the table, okay? We've hammered that. You ever want to find out all the messages are there, okay? They're there. Go on our pages, you'll find them about the love of God and how Jesus has qualified you. But what we need to talk about this morning is how you're continually rejecting Jesus, Let's talk about this morning, I mean, let's talk this morning about how, on a daily basis, we reject Jesus and his love for us. But you can't say that. If we reject Jesus, he'll reject us before the Father. No, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Calm down, all right? That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about this morning is that we choose to hold on to everything that is not in line with Jesus at the moments when it's most inconvenient for us. For example, I guarantee you, if you didn't open your heart this morning to connect over here and you're going to hear everyone talking about it afterwards, you know what you're going to do? Damn it, I should have let go. I should have just opened my heart. I should have connected. You don't have to nod or agree with me or anything because I know everyone is human here and we all experience those things when we have a missed opportunity, you know? But in those opportunities, and this actually lines up with what you had with Deadworks this morning. In those opportunities... What do we do? We reject the qualification that Jesus gave us, right? We'd rather stand here and read the lyrics and, uh, wow, Holy Spirit, my best friend, fantastic. My best friend that I want to talk to, my best friend that I don't even want to listen to right now, my best friend that I refuse to acknowledge. I know this is a message about the love of God. We're going to get there. Hold on. I just want to explain to you why the love of God is not love to you right now. Okay, because you, you, trust me, man, like, like you were talking about tithing this morning. We, let's talk about tithing. Let's talk about praise and worship. We'll talk about uh, uh, biblical studies, about spiritual gifts and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and, you know, the voice of God. And, man, we've got everything checked. We can regurgitate scriptures till Jesus comes back, hopefully soon. Amen. But anyway, but let's talk about that simple scripture. I mean, that simple lyric, Holy Spirit, my best friend. How many of you, when you're with your best friend, you're like, just, just, just sit here quietly. Just don't do anything. I'm focusing on something else right now. 
Let's talk about a basic mechanic, okay? Let's like, not over-spiritualize this like, thing. I can't wait to hang out. Can we hang out on Friday at 7? Yeah, I'll be there at your place. And you get there and you're like... And I'm like, yo, bro, what's happening? Sheesh. And you're just like... Yeah, cool, man, cool. I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm just like, trying to figure out my emotions. <laughs> hey. No, just trying to... I'm, and I'm like, can I go eat? Like, <laughs> must I leave you here? Like, I need a moment. I need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to just, I just need to be with myself. Well, yourself is in Christ. Hello. Imagine trying to be with yourself outside of Christ. Ooh, big problem. Psychopathy, right? It's not psychopathy. It's, okay, anyway. But, all right, we want to talk about a basic mechanic, guys, because I'm telling you one thing, right? We've picked up this trend. In the last nine months, eight months, right? I think that for me, you're probably a bit earlier, you're in touch a bit earlier, but, right? There is this call to authenticity that God is driving in this church. And there's a lot of you here that aren't interested in it, all right? But you want all the blessings and benefits and perks, okay, that come with being here, right? Now listen, we're not slamming you for that. Stay, we love you, 100%. We just want you to know that in that equation, you're the one missing out. Sorry. So we're going to stand here and we're going to be praising God and we're going to be shouting and screaming and be joyous and give to each other and love each other, serve each other. And you're always going to feel out of place, right? But it's not the love of God that's making you feel out of place. It's your rejection of the love of God that's making you feel out of place. Because you see, the Bible speaks about this very, very, very amazing principle that the love of God dwells in our hearts through faith. Now, if you guys remember earlier this year when we did our series on faith and uh, what was it? Living by faith, I think it was or something. Faith privilege, yeah, yeah. And uh, we did that one last year as well. (laughs) We did faith privilege. That was quite controversial. Um, But the thing about faith is that it's all based on Jesus, So the love of God has to dwell in your heart based on Jesus. It cannot dwell in your heart based on anything else. Yeah, you thought I was just going to say you, eh? No. Anything else. So you see, when we stand here and Pastor Didi now in worship says, hey, I can feel people aren't opening their hearts. He's not being funny because you're singing softly. We can genuinely feel that. Trust me. We genuinely feel that because we are all one spirit. We connect with each other heart to heart, exactly how we connect with God. So when we aren't connecting with God, we're not opening our hearts, we sense it. And you know it, man. When someone walks in the room, before they even say anything, you're like. And then you're a bit unsure and you go like this, you're like, hey, is it just me? Or like, like, and then your friend goes, no, no, yeah, me too. I'm like, okay, let's go. You know? You guys are laughing because you've had that, right? Like, you know, it's like a weird vibe, guys. It's a weird vibe, right? <laughs> it's a vibe. Right, but, but you guys understand what I'm saying, okay? We're not going to get deep, like, super scriptural here this morning because Scripture is not going to set you free if you do not accept it. Scripture only sets you free when you accept it. Knowing it is not going to give you any benefits, right? You shall know the truth. Gnosis It's talking about an experiential truth, experiential truth, right? It's talking about living it out and you will be free. Are you with me? So when we're talking about the love of God and we're standing here this morning like in this worship setting and we're singing, Holy Spirit, my best friend. Do you know what the first thing you're going to do? The first thing you're going to do is like, oh, but it's not. It's true. 100%. You know it in your heart. Do you know how frustrated I used to get in worship, se- in worship sessions early days and we're there and we're all there and I'm just like figuring things out. I'm like, uh, Okay, and then the worship leader says, come on, just tell God how much you love him. And I'm like, yo. Now, I'm the type of guy, I won't say I love you if I don't. Okay, it's just me. Like, you know, somebody says, oh, I love you so much. I'm like, thanks. Like, yo, man, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so, I feel so treasured, you know. So if, if, if I've told you I love you, yay. You must, you must feel very privileged, eh? Praise God. I, I genuinely do. But I mean, um, I'm standing there, and in my heart, I'm just like, I don't know you. I don't know if I love God. How do I know? How do I know if I love God? But you know what's amazing is that we're not told to check our response. We're told to check what God initiated. See, because God said, I love you. He didn't say, make sure you love me. No. 
He said, I love you. Amen? So when we're talking about the love of God, right, we get stuck in this pressure to reciprocate. Do you know that if you, uh, um, if you took every single day and you just sang about how much God loves you, and you just made your every single focus to be God's affection for you, do you know that's 100% scriptural? It's like, oh, how can you say that? Well, that's the gospel. I, I, I quoted all the scriptures to you. You all agreed? Where in those scriptures was your love for God? Hello? Hello? Huh. Right? Are you guys with me? Now, I can see some smug faces here. Y'all need to just chillax. Because you know why? Because when God loves you, there's no defense you have. There's no image to uphold. There's no intelligence you can muster up. There's no clever argument. Mm, yeah, God loves me because. Mm. No. Do you know that God loves you, the real you, that you don't even know yet? See, this part of you that you are so wishing God would accept is already dead. This part of you that you're so wishing God, like, just tell me I'm valuable. Like, oh, just touch me, Lord, touch me. But where? In all my brokenness and all my sin? No. He said, listen, I touched your brokenness and sin in Jesus. When I touched sin and brokenness, I killed it. You want me to touch you the same way? Got really quiet in here. I just need everyone to take a breath. Okay. No, I felt like there was like a gasp, you know. Listen. God touched sin and brokenness, and he was pleased to kill it. Because you know why? Now when he touches you, he touches you in grace and righteousness. He touches you in love. You know why? Because that's what you are in Jesus. But then you say, oh, but Bash, how do I get out of this? What? But I'm standing here, and I feel all this pressure. And I'm just like, oh, I wish it would all go away. Where did anyone say to ignore everything else? Show me one scripture that says ignore your reality here. Forget your problems. Forget your pressures. Forget everything. One scripture. Show me. Look what Jesus said. You will have trouble. Did Jesus say you will ignore trouble? No. But his emphasis is on him. You will have trouble. But take heart for I have overcome. Right? So when we come to experience Jesus, guys, this thing of faith, you know, you know, we can walk out of this room this morning and you and I will say worship was bah, fantastic. Oh my gosh, it was unreal. And we go outside, people are like, you know, the worship was all right today. Like, yeah, and it's like, uh, we're, ha we're having the same cup of tea, mate. Like, uh, you fancy some biscuits there or something, you know? How is it possible? Is God doing for one that he's not doing for another? So what is the difference? The difference is there were those who chose to come to the table. You must remember, there is the eternal invitation. And the eternal invitation, God is saying, come. I am all that you need. I'm the only thing that you need. Come to me. Because when we stand here now and we, and, and we go through this thing, we're, come on, let's just open up our hearts now. You know, people think we're weird, hey? It's like, who opens up a worship service by saying, close your eyes and be quiet? There's no hype in that. We can't worship God without hype. But when we come here, we say, right, let's just quieten down. Let's open up our hearts. What are we doing? Forget the hype. You don't need hype to connect with God. Do you know? Hopped up about you. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. We were created with all the hype necessary to connect with God. We were created with all the ability necessary to, to connect with God. But we keep rejecting Jesus. Right? I'm not going to unpack that scripture where Jesus said, you know, if you reject me. That we're not going to talk about that now because that's a whole other study. But it's not what you think it is. Okay? But Jesus is continually saying to us, guys, open your heart and connect with me. Because you see, if we reject him in those moments, you understand that words like love and peace, righteousness, grace, mercy, all these are holiness, oh man, these amazing words 
that the Bible uses to describe God and our new reality in him. Empty, shallow, dead. If we refuse to reject all these things we've built and accept Jesus. Are you guys with me? That's what it comes down to, guys. Now, here's the thing. This is what everyone's, in, and you're going to come in now. I know. I know you got something good to come in on here. Sorry, I'm just. Blow, blow, blow. <laughs> but this is what, this is, now this is why it's not about a specific thing or specific things, but it's about a mindset, right? Because this is what people are going to do now. So the next time they go into worship, they will not change their mind on connecting. They will change their mind on rejecting everything that's stopping them from connecting. Can you see that the focus is still not on Jesus? You're laughing because it's funny. <laughs> but it's also true. Are you guys with me? So we'll say, it's like, no, I'm not going to think about this. And I'm going to reject all this. And, and 40 minutes goes by. We freaking high in the Holy Spirit here. And you're still fighting all the things you're rejecting. Jesus is saying, listen, there is nothing about you that needs to change for you to connect with me. Except one thing. Accept me. That's all you need to do. You need to accept him. Man, I love the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, right, go study it, is bad because he was a Jew working for the Roman government. Not only did he oppress his community, his brothers, his tribe, whatever you want to call it, but he even stole more from them, right? But he hears about this dude who's coming to town. This dude who's got time for everyone. This dude who speaks to everyone. This dude who's healing the sick and everything, right? Talking about God like never heard before. Comes there. He was a short guy. Probably shorter than me. Okay, I'm not the shortest, all right? He was shorter than me. Probably like this big. Can't see Jesus in the crowd. Climbs a tree. Now, Jesus didn't go to Zacchaeus and say, hey, come down here because he was in the tree. No. Why? Because the Holy Spirit showed Jesus, listen, that man's heart's open for you. He wants to connect with you. And what was Jesus' response? Hey, come down here. He's like, Zacchaeus, come down. And he climbs down. He's like, oh, Zacchaeus, listen, bro. You know? <laughs> and, and he says to him, listen, I'm chowing by your house today. Get the biryani ready. I'm coming. All right? No worries. Goes there, probably was a Saturday afternoon, Grand Sunday maybe, somewhere there. They're going there for lunch. Lunch was a few hours. Zacchaeus. Now, let me ask you, what does Zacchaeus change before he made the statement? He makes a statement and he says, Lord, everything that I have stolen, I'll give back four times. Everything that I've stolen, I'll give back four times. No problem. Just by connecting with Jesus. Did you think he had to change his occupation first? Did you think he went to the Roman government and said, listen, Jesus is coming to my house. Uh, we're going to have to pause our contract, our agreement. Uh, we'll reconcile the accounts at the end of the month. Don't worry. It's cool. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Jesus is coming. What did he do? Jesus came to his house and he accepted Jesus. And look what happened. In his own heart, out of the love that Jesus showed to him, he got up. And what did Jesus say? He says, assuredly, I say to you. And it's like, Jesus always opens a line like that. Well, in the Bible anyway. Maybe he said, my dudes. No, I'm kidding. He didn't. But assuredly, I say to you, salvation has come to this house today. Now, how would salvation have come, guys? He hadn't died yet. Right? Was he talking about the same salvation we got? No. He was talking about the realization, the practical experience of Sozo, saved, healed, delivered, set free, made prosperous. But what was the key? He accepted Jesus. So when you're standing here this morning, even now when you're sitting here, I can see the eyes, you know the eyebrows, bash. It's too philosophical, bash. Well, you can go study it, it's all there. No, 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 we need more scripture. You can go look at the scripture. It's all there. I mouthed them off like 55,000 in the beginning, right? No, I'm being a bit short, guys, because we don't understand the priceless experience that we forfeit every day of our lives simply because we choose to hold on 
Yo, I was going to use a profanity. We, because we choose to grasp that flesh. We don't want to let it go. I would rather have my flesh than experience peace in Jesus. This is a message about the love of God. I promise you. And the message about the love of God is, guys, accept Jesus. A-C-C-E-P-T. Accept Jesus. Because if you do not accept Jesus, you are in the eternal hole of chaos, which he paid for you to come out of in your soul. Amen. Just to pick up there, I think it's a good time to pick up there. On Thursday night, we were having band practice, and all of a sudden, we broke into speaking about relationships and what does it mean to be in a relationship? I can tell you right now, folks, that 99% of Christians who go to church every Sunday, read their Bible, follow Jesus, do not have any idea of what a relationship means. We have an understanding of a relationship as something that is codependent. I bring to Bash. Uh, I, I need from Bash and he needs from me and that's you know, a transaction and that's a relationship. That's not a relationship, that's a transaction, that's an agreement. We can be in an agreement and not relate to each other. Are you with me? Now this is what you gotta listen to and you gotta listen to very carefully. Open your hearts now. If you've never opened your heart, open your heart right now. You were created to have relationships. One with God, two with each other. Now listen to me carefully. You have one chance. Listen to me. You have one chance to open your heart and experience love. There is no other chance after this. This is not about right or wrong or heaven or hell. You as a human being on this planet have one chance to experience the love of God. After that, no, there's nothing. Now is the time to open your heart and experience that love that can change us forever. If you don't, you miss out. It's not about where you're gonna go in heaven and hell. It's about you spent 80 years in this place and all you experienced was 5% of the power of love. How sad. How sad. Forget about religion, forget about the works, forget about the stuff. You're gonna live your whole life and you'll never be loved enough so that you can't even love your husband the way he was supposed to be loved. Because you didn't allow yourself to be loved. You're gonna live your whole life and never open up your heart to experience the love of God. And guess what? Your wife and your children got dragged around in your sad story because they were there so they could experience that love. But you loved your money too much, you loved your life too much, you loved your career too much, you loved yourself too much, and you missed out on the love of God. You're not an angel. You weren't made to do the things that angels do. You were made with a heart. You were made with a soul. You were made for relationship. You were made to think and process feelings and experience things. That you think this is all about coming here on a Sunday and reading your Bible and just doing the things. You have one choice, I mean one chance to choose love. 
The more he loves on you, the more you open your heart, the more you will understand who you actually are. And when you are happy in your skin and you know how loved you are and you know who you actually are, your wife, your children, your freaking dogs experience God. They experience relationship. Everything about the Bible is about relationship, people. You've got one chance to experience this. One chance. And you want to sit here with a hard heart and not open it up to God. Amen, yes. <laughs> amen, Auntie Charmaine saying amen. I'm getting amen. Oh. You can share now afterwards, Dr. Shemay. Do you know that Jesus, this is how Jesus explains the mystery of the gospel. We were talking about it on Thursday, and it really touched my heart because I realized some of the young folk here on Thursday at band practice didn't actually understand what, what relationships mean. And then on the way home, Jaden and I started talking in the car, and she was like, geez, Dad, what you were talking about with relationship, I want to have that with Dalron. And I was like, he's such a lucky guy. Because this is a woman who's going, listen, I don't want to just do what everybody else is doing, get married, have a job, 2.5 kids, have a husband, pick a fence, uh, get a degree, and you're just, I've, I've, I've had my life. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. If you've never experienced the deep relation between man and a woman, between a brother and a sister, I don't care how successful you are with all that other stuff, you haven't lived your purpose. This is all about relationship. And listen, it's not your idea of relationship, that's why you have to let go. You don't have the template, you don't have the understanding of the depth of your own heart. You don't understand the blueprint of how your soul works. You don't understand. That's why it says in that song, I'm not going to put limits on your love. Because I need you to love me so much out of myself that I can actually experience something greater than myself. Come on. Yeah. Don't you understand this? This is what it's about. Stop playing church. Stop following religion. Stop trying to, to fulfill all the transactions and get all the boxes checked. You're missing the whole spiel. Nowadays, you, you look at these people that have been through five marriages, and then you look at the old folks. I saw an old man the other day. He was 100 and, 101 years old, and he was singing to his wife, who was 95 and he was singing to her because she was about to pass on. And she didn't know, um, they asked her what did she want. And you know, she could barely speak. She's like very, you know, very tired and worn out, 95, 96. And uh, they captured on video, he sang their favorite song. And he sang it to her and she was about to die. And you could see her eyes smiling and her face smiling. And she went into eternity in peace. You can understand something. They were, they were married since the, in their 20s. They related to each other for 70 something years, guys. 70 something years of getting to know each other. These people in this room, it's all about getting to know them and experience them because there's a divine, there's a divine uh, uh, um, part of them that God wants you to love and learn about and unlock in them. You see, Mel unlocks my divine purpose. I unlock hers. But the only way we can do that is if we're relating to each other based on how full we are of God's love for ourselves. Come on, that's it. Are you with me? Yeah. We can't do it any other way. What are you gonna talk about? Fashion. 
You're going to talk about the later series. You can, but you're missing out. You've got one chance. You've got one chance to get over yourself and make yourself so vulnerable that God will love you out of yourself into your purpose. You've got one chance, family. When you're with your wife and your kids and your husband and your family or whatever, every moment counts. I know I used to long to be at home with my family when I worked in a a corporate environment. I was there 24-7, man. And I said, and the Lord said to me, is this, your, is this your lot? Is this what you want? And I was like, just to make a salary. I'm going to miss out on my kids growing up. I'm going to miss out on, my, on, on the beauty of my wife. Are you with me? I had to make a decision. I had to trust God to step away from working for a boss so that I could own my own time, own my own life so that I could experience life. Are you with me, fam? You've got one chance. You've only got one chance. I don't know how I can say this to you enough. But this is the mystery of the gospel. And Jesus, uh, um, Paul speaks about the mystery of the gospel and he says that it's like he always relates the message and the purpose of the gospel to the relationship between a husband and a wife. Did you know that? Because that framework of marriage is set up in a way that we relate to each other in a way where, you know, through thick and thin, through rich or poor, through life or death, through sickness and in health, we learn to love each other unconditionally over time so that there's nothing, there's nothing about me that stops her from loving me. And I've got to get to a place where I love her and that there's nothing about her that stops me from loving her. Are you with me? And it's the same with everything else. It's the same with people. It's the same with God. I can tell you right now, if you want to know how somebody has a relationship with God, just look at how they relate to people. You can't, you can't separate the two. You can't separate the two. The way you love, seek understanding, and build and edify people is the way that you have been loved, built, and edified by God. You can't separate the two. If you're not experiencing that, no one's going to experience it from you. Yeah. It's not going to work. You, you're still running around thinking, no, I've got to get the job. I've got to get the money. I've got to get the client. I've got to get this. I've got to get that. So that this can. No, you've missed it. You've missed it. They used to say to me in the old church days, in the, the old legalistic days, they used to say, a guy pulls up next to a guy on a bicycle with a Ferrari, you know? And um, the guy on the bike is supposed to admire the guy in the Ferrari because he's successful and the guy on the bike is not successful. So they say, you know, that's, that's how it goes. How can the guy in the bike, on the bike preach to the guy in the Ferrari? That's, that's, the, that's how they see the gospel. This is how sick their hearts are. How can the guy on the bicycle preach to the successful guy in the Ferrari? Because your Ferrari means nothing in the equation of love. Your, your Ferrari, I never said your Ferrari. Your Ferrari is a temporal piece of tin. It's a temporal piece of tin. Have you, ever, have you never seen how they park all the fancy cars and all these oaks walk around their cars and whatever? I saw a video where the, all these fancy cars were parked on the beachfront and all these oaks were like, yeah, hey, yo, my car is this, this, it's got this much horsepower, this will cost me this much, my brew. And they were walking around their cars. Stu's Bob, a tidal wave came. A tidal wave came and moved those cars, bumped them into the, into the buildings. And when you watch the wave lift this expensive car, it sort of immediately shows its real value. It's worth nothing. It's a piece of tin bouncing around, hitting brick walls. 
But guess what? That oak was relating to his car. So he's spending his 60 years here relating to things. What a sad person. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person and say, you've got one chance to experience love. You know, there's an old saying that goes like this. It says, God's love is like the ray of sun that beats down on us. Okay? So as that ray of sun hits us, what happens is it automatically changes the way we feel. Are you with me? So as the ray of sun hits us, it warms us from the inside. You know, have you felt that? And you actually feel, wow, I'm actually getting energized. I'm getting warmed by the sun. And then you lay in the sun and you bake and you're like, oh, this is so cool. But you're not supposed to stay there because you're going to get burnt. (laughs) Are you with me? You're supposed to receive that love of God and it warms you in your heart and it touches you. But then, that's just feeling the love. God says, now, when you've allowed me to love you so much that you can get up and you can carry that love and you become the ray. Come on. You now become the ray. That's when you're going to experience the fullness of my love because now your love is moving into action and it's going to be given to someone and you're going to see that person respond and then you're going to feel the value and you are now going to experience what God experiences. Mm, mm, mm. That's good. Amen? That's good. What does God experience? Wow, can you imagine what he's experiencing? He gave his son to die for you so that you could respond to his love. He's not waiting for you to love him. He's going, just respond to who I am. This is so good. It's too good. It's too good. Everyone say flap. F-L-E-P. If you ever wanted a word of expression, flap. F L. You got the school teachers confused now. The school teacher, what? What? F L E P. That is not an English word, okay? It was just a word are I made up of masters. They like <laughs> this guy's an English disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Flap. Okay. Anyway, slight digress. But let's talk about why we're not in that space, right? What is this? Mark ten. Hello, maestro. Mark ten. Ach, Delron. Yes, oh look, where? Oh, yena. Stop blushing, man. <laughs> no, wait, not verse one, sorry. 17. Okay. Now, there is this principle, right? There is this principle that uh, um, every single one of us in life, we make decisions about what's good and bad. You guys agree? Right? You should be doing that. If you're not, please start. Okay. But start by being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, we make decisions about what, good, what, what is good and bad, but we have made those decisions based on how things or circumstances of people serve us. Okay. So, something affects us in a bad way, that's bad. Something affects us in a good way, it's good. You guys agree? Okay. Now, what we need to understand is, is that that person that made decisions about, that entire logic that made decisions about what was good and what was bad, died. Everyone say, died. Right? That person died. Okay? Now, there is a new person who is in Christ that has new definitions about what is good and what is bad. Are you with me? Right? So, for example, if someone thought before taking drugs was good because it just like stabilized the emotions and they were happy, cool. When you now come into Christ, you realize, but wait a minute, that thing's actually killing me. Can you see it's no longer good? Right? Every single one of us here, guys, about what Pastor Didi was explaining is that we still think that there is good in the old man. That's why we place so much emphasis on it. That's why we place so much value there. We still think there's good there. But that old man is all bad. Say all bad. Say everything. Alles. Yiltamal. Right. Check this out. Now listen, this is a tricky one because, you know, so, so, so preachers have used this over the years either to get money from you, you know, to get you to focus on God. They've never actually just accepted it for what it is, all right? So 17, 
Now he was going out on the road, one, more, uh, uh, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Decent question, yeah? Cool. So Jesus said to him, now he doesn't answer the question. He asks another question. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. So now Jesus, the master of words, being the word himself, he's basically asking this guy to say, listen, I need you to understand that you have a version of what good and bad is. But I'm going to let you know, if you and I are to relate on what the truth of what good is, good is, you have to acknowledge me as God. Because you see, we all have a definition of what love is. Why? Because it's our experience of it, Right? Then when we read love in the Bible, we'll take our definition of love and try and pull that out. I mean, we always use the, the, the example of, you know, abusive relationships, or we use examples at, at work in the workplace, you know? Your boss is busy abusing you, and you're just like, no, the Bible says I must have a servant's heart. You know, I must just, I must love my boss, and God will change them. I don't know where that logic comes from, but it's a chamorse. Because you must understand the benefits, the fruit of the kingdom of God only apply when the kingdom of God is in place. Don't expect peaches when you planted lemons. It doesn't work. And because we still think there's good in the old, we're walking around with a bunch of lemon trees and hoping they turn into peaches. Right? So Jesus says to him, I cannot connect with you based on your definition of good. If you and I are going to split words here, we're going to agree that good is only God. Not you seeing me as a, a nice teacher. I've got lots of followers. I've spoken in the synagogue. I've done miracles. That's not what makes me good. The only definition of good is God, right? Next one. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Wow, imagine, eh? Let's just go back there. No, okay, we're not going to. Okay, next, next. I'm, I'm not going to get upset at the rich young ruler. Shame, he's saved now. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, what? Now, how many Christians for the sake of love don't engage in difficult conversations? I remember how many enemies we made in 2020. You're supposed to be Christians. Stop causing strife and division. Shut up, man. We're talking about truth here. We're not talking about whether God loves people or is whatever. We're talking about truth. These are people's lives at stake. No, you should rather focus on preaching the gospel. <laughs> Lord, help me, please. Looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. Okay, so what you learned in church this morning is that you can still love someone and give them bad news. You can still love someone and tell them that they're finishing their teeth, guys. It's not going to cause them to question their salvation. Okay? Right. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Next one, last one. But... He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now listen, everyone here has a great something. For some it's money, for some it's looks, for some it's education, etc., etc., etc. Right? But you see, just like the rich young ruler, we're walking away sad. You know why? Because firstly, we didn't accept Jesus' definition, like in the beginning. Secondly, he didn't accept the love. If the Bible had to clearly say that Jesus loved him and then said this, let me tell you, he didn't hear it in love because look how he went away. I don't know about you guys, but when God speaks to me in love, I am not sad, man. I want to kick down that door and run and do somersaults and everything, like in my heart, so I don't want to injure myself, okay? 
do all these things because that's what love does. Love is the life-giving force that we have in this world. Are you with me? But here's the thing. What is your greatness that you're holding on to like this guy did? Because think about, think about the mechanic, guys. Think about the mechanic, right? When you're standing there, and all of this is happening here this morning. And you feel everything in your heart. You're like, ah. But in your mind, you're like, I can't do it apart from this, God. Ask yourself, what is taking place in your heart? You are literally rejecting Jesus. You're literally saying to him, I won't RSVP now. I'll RSVP when I'm okay to do so. He never gave you a deadline, Right? He's just letting you know that this window is open. Are you guys with me? And that window is always now. Do you know why? Because he's alive in your heart. You want to have it figured out before you experience God? You're no different from this dude. The only thing is your ego. That's the greatness now. You can't connect to people because you're waiting for something to take place. You're no different from this dude. You're still seeing value in the dead old dude. There's a lot of dudes here this morning. Praise the Lord. Are you guys with me? Man, I'm telling you, we felt this strong on the stage this morning. It was because we've been saying worship's been a bit weird. You know, the last couple of weeks, you, you know? And then for some reason this morning, it was, uh, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. So it, it, it was just, man, it was so sweet. Uh, big shout out to my boy Grant. Because every time I lose it in the back day, he carries the rhythm. <laughs> I know, bro. Your reward's in heaven. <laughs> but you guys understand what we're saying this morning. What? This greatness apart from Jesus. In your heart, you know what you must do? You must say, Futsak. I'm serious. You, oh, you guys need to take a stand in your own hearts here. You need to take a stand. That when you stand here and there's heaviness on you, you know what? I don't care what heaviness is. Jesus is alive in my heart and I am going to sing and dance because of him. That's all it is. And if we can't do that in a space like this, a space that God himself created to be free and wholesome and safe, how are you going to do it at work on a Monday morning? Forget your lack of sleep and caffeine, but you're surrounded by people who just want to be in competition with you. How are you going to do it there? You can't do it here in the, the space that's designed for you to open your heart to God. But when there's chaos in your family, you think you're going to walk with it there. It doesn't work, guys. There is a physical process that takes place that every single one of us need to be diligent with. Because match day shows up, you don't automatically know what to do. You don't just rock up there and be like, ha ha, see, Cristiano Ronaldo. No, you don't do that. Cristiano Ronaldo has been playing football since he was six months old. He's been perfecting every technique since then. As a child of God, connecting to the love of God is the technique that every single one of us need to perfect. Because you have no strength in anything else in this world. I promise you. Man, I talk to a lot of wealthy people, hey? And when this thing happened, I told them end of last year, they didn't listen to me. I hope you guys are listening. I told them, I said, let me tell you now. If you've got this anchor of money in your heart, I'm telling you now, let go. Because the storm that is coming, you are not going to be able to handle the heartbreak. Oh, there's the indicators already started. What was it, beginning of this month, I think? End of Feb? Hey, never saw so much red in your life. Guys, I, I'm trying to articulate this in the best way possible. We're trying. Did, are you, I'm going to add some tears. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> Close your eyes, everybody, before Bash starts crying. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You've got one chance to be loved. Amen? <clears throat> so right now, just think of God. Just picture him now. He's looking down at you, and he is he's screaming out, I love you. I love you. And he's just going, open your heart, receive me, because I am going to show you something that no eye could ever 
see in the natural. No ear could ever hear in the natural. No heart could even imagine in the natural. I'm going to show you something about yourself. I'm going to love every insecurity out of you. I'm going to love every bit of impatience out of you. I'm going to love every fear out of you so that you can be the full potential of what my son died for you to be. With my love filling you in every space of your heart, your love is limitless. I'll wash away your boundaries. I'll wash away your past. I'll wash away your fear. I'll wash away even that feeling that you carry of yourself. That, that general sense that you have of yourself not being good enough. I'll wash that away so that you can be weightless and you can just run with nothing besetting you, nothing holding you back. You can run into a relationship and you can learn to be loved. You can open yourself up and love that person so much because I have secured you enough to do that. No one else is going to do that for you. You'll never experience lack or loneliness ever again if you open up your heart to me and allow me to show you who you are in Jesus. That's why I sent my son. I sent my son not, to, not for him to show you about me only. I sent my son to, sh to show you who you are to me. You've got one chance to experience this. Open your heart, never look back again and watch. Watch how Love will launch your life like nothing else. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Say, I receive your love, Jesus. Give Jesus a big round of applause, folks. Yeah.